This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 114, about Gotham, A Dark Knight, season 4, episode 12, Pieces of a Broken Mirror. I'm David Mizzouz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lloyd-Taylor, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, fellow Gothamites. Welcome back, fellow detectives. This is Pieces of a Broken Mirror, episode 12 of Gotham Season 4, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast, episode 114. We are back from the mid-season break with a interesting collection of characters and scenes which i thought was absolutely fascinating but we'll delve into that um a bit later when we cover our five case notes i am one of your hosts john yes happy spring i'm your other host derek welcome back yeah spring premiere i'm so excited to be back with gotham it really has felt like this is almost we're getting two full seasons within one year uh, because of how long the break has been we uh, we covered our last episode of gotham back in december uh, and haven't been covering an episode since we did have a wonderful time with our friends from legends of gotham doing a recap of uh, of the first half of the season uh, earlier on this week hopefully you got to listen to that uh, and we also got a lovely interview with the fantastic david mazus uh, who plays bruce wayne on gotham um also this week so we've had an awesome gotham week leading up to the premiere yes absolutely although it doesn't feel like spring um at minus seven outside uh, yes a lot of cold mm-hmm. yeah very cold very cold where we are but that's all right. This episode has definitely warmed my heart. Yes, it has <laughs> me also. And I hopefully it will warm the cockles of your hearts as well, listeners. And, and please remember, share the love. As always, subscribe, rate us, leave a review on any good or evil podcast catcher that you listen to Gotham TV podcast on. You can head on over to Apple Podcasts. You can head on over to Google Play. Or you can head on over to GothamTVPodcast.com and go to the subscribe section to subscribe and listen to everything connected uh, to the final 13 episodes of Gotham for season four. Yeah, absolutely. And as John mentioned, share the love, share the podcast. Why not uh, share it with your friends over on any of your social media channels? Uh, great way to get new listeners uh, from us is for our listeners to share out uh, our episodes to their friends. So. Absolutely. And of course, the line of the week competition will be back uh, for this second half of season four. Uh, sure, any aspect of uh, Gotham that stood out to you, it may be the line of the week, it may be a character of the week, it may be a scene of the week or a piece of dialogue that you just thought was absolutely fantastic we've gotten loads and loads of great lines from the first half of the season there's some good ones in this episode too uh, we are recording very early on this episode as we always do for our premiere we record uh, as soon after the episode comes out normally our episodes come out on sunday and we record on saturday uh, each week as the episodes come out so you can send in your feedback to us uh, before we record uh, this time we won't have any any feedback for this particular episode but that's not the usual case we do love to hear from our listeners you can just email us at feedback at gotham tv 
Absolutely. But I think with that, we should get into our spoiler-filled review. Oh, yes. Derek, what are some of the episode details for this episode of Gotham? Yeah, this episode was directed by Hanel M. Culpepper. Uh, she has directed previous episodes of Gotham. She did um, Season 3, Episode 10, Time Bomb. And since we talked about her that time, uh, she's directed two more episodes of The Flash, which is also in the DC Universe, obviously. Uh, and she directed an episode of the excellent Star Trek Discovery. Uh, loved that season. It's really been covering up the gap that we've had since uh, since the last half of Gotham was on. Definitely. And the episode was written by Danny Cannon, one of our fearless leaders of uh, of the show. Uh, if you don't know about Danny Cannon, uh, he is the guy that effectively created the show with Bruno Heller right back at the start of season one. And he usually gets the uh, season premieres and the mid-season uh, episodes either to direct or write them. Uh, this time he is in the writing capacity and has brought in almost every single character who's not in prison, basically. Anybody that's not in Arkham or not on the run appears in this episode. So he's, uh, he's the right person to bring them all together, really, isn't he? Yes, uh, and certainly there was one character that had a very botanical flavour. Mm-hmm. And John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. Jim Gordon is called to a scene when the toy maker is hired to assassinate a doctor in Gotham. Leslie Tompkins tries to rebuild the Narrows with the help of Edward Nigma, and Alfred Pennyworth's new life becomes complicated when he meets a waitress in the Narrows. Ivy Pepper shows Selina Kyle her new persona. Short and sweet this week. Mm-hmm. Short and sweet. Yeah, that's just because we're covering it so quickly afterwards. Absolutely. You didn't have enough time to write your synopsis because I was pushing you to record. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, let's get on to our first case note. The way we cover our episodes is obviously that we, we pick out five case notes to talk about, hopefully cover the full episode, and some additional notes uh, just to kind of cover off everything that we've got. Our first moment, kind of one of my favorite things that was going on in this episode, Alfred is the hero of the Narrows. Didn't expect that to happen from some of the preview footage. We thought that he, he kind of hit hard times, was living on the streets. But uh, I really like this story. I think as I was watching it, I was going, this would make a great spin-off series for Gotham. Yeah. Send, send yeah, off Alfred Pettingworth to solve problems like the old Incredible Hulk series. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought it was really good that uh, Alfred got his hero moment here. He has been treated really bad by Bruce Wayne. He's been kicked out of Wayne Manor. We were kind of thinking he was, you know, sleeping rough at, uh, in a cardboard box mm-hmm. next to a, a, a oil drum on fire, trying to keep <laughs> him warm. But we do see here that, you know, he's kind of settled in, found somewhere in the narrows, it would seem, mm. but that he's really embedding himself into this uh, in, into this society. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily without any conflict. Um, we do have uh, the bullies of the narrow that see that his shoes are probably worth more than their house uh, or something <laughs> to that effect, yeah. car, um, you know. And But he steps up and following that battle with the bullies, he races in you know backdraft-esque uh to save people from a burning burning uh building that has just been uh bombed by the toy maker mm-hmm. uh, yes i mean we very much have here a highly concentrated collection of superheroes main characters and villains uh from gotham here i think there is alfred jim ivy pepper the toy maker the Doctor, or Leslie Tompkins, as mm-hmm. she's now known, um, all within probably uh, 100 metres squared of uh, where Alfred is being effectively taken to task by a, a bunch of bullies. But he, he dispatches with them with 
his consummate ease. Absolutely. Do you know, I got a, a vibe of the uh, Sherlock Holmes movie, the one with, uh, with Robert Downey Jr., when he was looking at these bullies coming up going, this won't be any problem for me. You know, you're three pints in, uh, effectively kind of pointing out all the points he can take this guy out and takes him out instantly. It's really good. Uh, I love the fact that he becomes a hero for saving the people in the bomb attacks and then they have a moment with those bullies again, uh, apologizing to him, saying he's a good guy and they shake hands and have a drink over uh, over the... Um, the hero moment for Alfred. But it's really nice to see a hero moment for Alfred. He's spent so much time in Wayne Manor. He spent so much time trying to guide Bruce in uh, in these ways. He kind of needs a moment of happiness. And he gets a little bit of that as well with Tiffany. I thought there was definitely going to be a relationship starting up until you see the bruises on her face from her boyfriend, Gil, who's been beating her. Uh, and that's another great moment for Alfred to be another hero. Yeah, unfortunately, though, um, yes, he is not in time to save Tiffany. Mm. I, I felt really sorry for Alfred here. But, you know, he actually says himself there was a connection there when Jim is really kind of accusing him of being the person that killed her. Yeah. You know, as if Alfred would, would do that. And, uh, you know, Jim should know better, really. Yeah, but he is going on the guidance of Detective Harper, who's found Alfred's signet ring at the uh, at the scene of the crime and the marks on the face of Tiffany, uh, the, the beaten girlfriend who has got the signet ring imprinted on her forehead i didn't think that was possible but um, but it is kind of guiding them towards alfred but alfred does a move that he either learned from bruce or learned from rachel ghoul um and will become a signature move for the future batman and uh, just disappears into the ether yeah i mean (laughs) to to effectively track gill down because Mm. alfred has been set up using that signet ring Um, and it's really good because it also leads to uh, a great reunion of both alfred and harvey bullock in in a bar that uh, alfred has tracked uh, gill rooney to so that was really uh really good to see uh harvey coming in to save alfred from a beating i mean to be honest alfred really does manage to deal with these uh, three or four guys uh, really well, but ultimately he's overpowered and Gil is looking to slit his throat. And then Harvey comes racing in with his baseball bat uh, and ultimately Alfred is cleared and Gil is uh, taken off by the GCPD into custody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as I say, and it's a real shame that Alfred couldn't have... Tiffany as maybe some kind of long-standing um, uh, love interest, or even just that he has this connection then with the Narrows that, you know, when he's taken back by uh, Bruce Wayne, when he becomes uh, the the butler, the valet uh, for Bruce Wayne again, mm-hmm. that he has this connection with a completely different side of, of Gotham, you know, from super dirty rich to just the super dirty uh, in the narrows. Uh, I think that would have been really nice to have maintained that connection. And it's a shame that I think that has been cut short uh, by the fact that Tiffany was taken out by her horrendous uh, boyfriend or husband, Gil Rooney. Mm -hmm. But maybe he has that connection with Harvey's bar, assuming Harvey stays in that bar yeah uh, you know yeah we'll talk a bit more about harvey later on um i do i do agree with you though it would have been nice to have a little extra connection for alfred in the city of gotham uh, he does have obviously a huge amount going on with bruce and it does feel like bruce kicks him out and he has nowhere to go and no one to be around so we don't it's not really made very clear exactly where alfred's living he does kind of make this uh, comment to jim as you say that he is living somewhere in the narrows but it feels like he actually is living on the street so um we don't see him go home to his own place or 
pull out a cardboard box and sleep in it. We don't see anything like that. So it's just inferred that Alfred is has hit hard times. So we, let's let's see what happens next week. We might might see where he where he's actually living. Hopefully he's got himself a place. Hopefully he's been saving some of the wages that he's been paid by the Waynes. Um, I know he's in the narrows, but it does seem like he's really hit hard times. Yeah, or well, maybe he's just not a saver. Maybe you not. Know? Um, but I'm not entirely sure where he would be spending his money um, because certainly for the first maybe two seasons or and in the main in general anyway um he spent a lot of time in wayne manor yeah and i didn't see a sweetie shop or anything (laughs) where he could spend uh his cash but he's in the narrows that's exactly where dr leslie tompkins is at the moment as well Mm -hmm. and she is going by the moniker the doc um you know so really good but we have here for our second case note the toy maker gunpowder treason and plot yeah we see the doc really giving a rousing speech to the people of the narrows really trying to get them to to look after themselves rather than any infighting that they've been doing Mm. and really to try and better themselves but it is rudely interrupted by um an exploding toy plane we see a, a shadowy figure at the back of the crowd uh just fiddling with a toy plane and then the the light comes on and we realize that it's uh, a bomb yes yes very cool i really like the speeches that leslie gives in this episode they're really really good but it felt like there was a moment where she was saying to the people in arrows stop fighting with each other why are you treading on each other to get better in life and it almost felt like she was going to say, why don't you go after the 1% in the city? That Bane speech, effectively, from uh, from Dark Knight Rises. It really felt like Leslie was about to say to them all, why are you fighting with each other? You have no money. Why don't you go after the people that have money in this city? <laughs> so she didn't She didn't get there. She resisted. So she was saying, why don't we shore up and, and why don't we work together? But it did feel like a moment, uh, a moment that we were going to see that. Um, yes, the toy maker in this episode. Um, Toymaker is a character from the cartoon series, from the Batman animated series. I remember seeing uh, some of those when I was younger. Um, he's There has also been a Toymaker in the comic books, but I think the cartoon series is probably the one that has more of him in it. Yeah, I think that really cemented the toy maker within the Gotham universe. Mm. And of course, it is very, very uh, Pinocchio in that sense. You know, we get to the crank toys and models where it's his workshop. It, you know, it really does feel like there is this elderly man there working over assembling, fixing, building toys. Um, and yeah, it, it has a, a vibe of Pinocchio. And Geppetto's workshop where he's creating all these toys, but he's also an assassin on the side, <laughs> as as they would be in Gotham. And so these toys maybe are less fluffy than their outward appearance would tend to be, or they are certainly more harmful than they would appear to be. We Absolutely. see a nutcracker with a machine gun uh, attacking Jim and Lucius as they pay a visit to the Crank Toys and Model Store as they follow up on the um, investigation into the bombing uh, in the Narrows. So we really see, uh, like, it's just so good. We have the Seek and Destroy robot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, the toy maker is providing toys that both are explosive and dangerous. There's certainly no safety um, legislation gone to these toys. Absolutely. And as Ed says, that is so Gotham. (laughs) There's no other city in all of the DC universe where this kind of stuff would happen. It's hilarious. Uh, Absolutely great. Really enjoyed these scenes with the the toy maker. Are you saying that, uh, that his son's actually Pinocchio? 
Do you think hey, his he, son was once made out of wood? Could be. <laughs> he he may very well have been, but yes, he has a son. Yeah, I don't know why. I just get a really creepy vibe from his son uh, in this episode. I know he's just trying to save his father. He doesn't know what's going on, apparently, uh, with all of these things that have been built and him sitting around. You know, what if he set off one of the traps one day, you know, by mistake? <laughs> but um, but yeah, it does feel a little bit creepy. But, um, but now it turns out that his son is completely innocent and just wants to save his father. Yeah, which is really sort of explicit scene of him protecting his father there because Mm -hmm. after the seek and destroy robot and and the machine gun nutcracker then um the toy maker tries to make his escape out the back jim and lucius try and cut him off by by going around the front and of course jim has his gun raised is about to shoot you know jim shoot first ask questions later and his son comes in and pointedly really says no, don't shoot him. He's my father. Mm-hmm. And so he does get away. And and, and finally, um, when Jim does meet up with his father uh, outside uh, of Leslie Tompkins' new base, then he shoots him, which is a shame because, yeah. He went straight for the kill shot rather mm-hmm. than the, the wound and maim shot. So go maybe for the knees, man. Go, well, that, no. Go, well, yeah, go for the, the leg, go yeah. for the arm. Uh, but unfortunately, um, he didn't go for the headshot. So, I mean, I suppose that's something. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he kind of went for the, the body. I did get the impression that he was still alive because he called it in. But I would suspect that um, Papa Toymaker is dead. Yeah. And son Toymaker will rise from his dead bloody body. Yes, I have a feeling this could be another Scarecrow situation that we may be getting another Toymaker in future. But we've just skipped over one of the most important parts, really, of this. The reason why Toymaker is there is because the Riddler has hired him, unbeknownst to Ed Nigma. So, uh, yes, we do have the quite significant break again between these two characters, between Ed Nigma and, and Riddler. He doesn't realise that he's the one that's hired the Toymaker to kill Leslie Tompkins. Um, nice moment here. Yeah, it uh, was. That realisation and seeing this mirror image of himself uh, laughing at the fact that Ed doesn't know what's going on again. Yeah, I did call this. I did think that, you know, when... It ended up that he was there, the toy maker. You mm-hmm. were thinking he's not made another attempt on, on Leslie Tompkins' life there in that moment. Um, and Ed goes after him, chases after him. And yes, we get the reveal that actually Ed's other half, the Riddler, has hired him to kill Leslie because Leslie is holding him back because, again, Enigma is really now becoming loyal. Maybe a great friendship with Leslie is working with her, but the Riddler wants to step over seemingly the dead body of Leslie Tompkins to rise further back into the mainstream villainous world of Gotham. Uh, So that was really, really good. But yeah, unfortunately, then that is kept all secret because Toymaker is shot by by Jimmy Boy. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, I love the fact that earlier on in the episode, Barbara had called out the fact that Jim's very good at shooting first, ask questions later. Uh, he really think, I think he really needs to go back to the gun range and learn to shoot non-lethal <laughs> shots. Absolutely. But, I mean, unlike some of the people who have died, I suspect that Papa Toymaker will um, probably remain dead. But I think on to our case note three. Mm. One of those members of Gotham who died and came back, Grundy, Butch Gilzean, he is back in both senses of the word not only did he come back from death 
But now, from Grundy Butch's back, uh, Tabitha's um, incessant beating around the head with a lead pipe <laughs> really did its magic. And uh, he returns to see Tabitha to tell her that of everything that he's remembering, the one thing he knows is that he still loves her. Um, but, yeah, really nice. But Tabitha doesn't answer. Um, and I'm like, why? You went to beat the love back into him with the lead pipe. So um, maybe she just doesn't like pasty white men with really bad blonde bowl head hair. And swamp water for blood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, possibly. I think uh, Tabitha realizes that she owed Butch something. Um, remember that herself and Barbara got into a huge fight about the fact that she killed Butch and now they're back on side together. They're back working together again. So, um, so maybe that's part of it. Uh, but... Yeah, Tabby is not willing to say that she loves Butch. Um, yeah, it felt like one of those moments where they gave you a nice bit of hopefulness that Butch Gilzean is back in the body of Grundy, as I was hoping on when we talked about our, our recap for season uh, season four. I talked about the fact that I'd love to see Butch in the body of, of Grundy. Um, but here we have that moment where your heart just gets ripped out of your chest as well because he's finally realized who he is and goes back to the woman he loves and tells her he loves him. And, oh no... She doesn't answer. Absolutely. Tabitha did not turn the lamp light back on. Yes. Yeah. We have. I thought that was a really nice little aspect to that scene. You know, not only did she not answer, but uh, when the the silence is maybe becoming a little um, long and, and Butch Gilzean in his new look, really it feels that he needs to be hidden in the shadows. Mm -hmm. uh, he turns off the lamp on the table. And I was thinking that she would turn it back on, but she didn't. And she didn't reply. So uh, Grundy walks off. Yeah, I mean, Phantom of the Opera-esque really here, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, I was getting shades of kind of the Frankenstein's monster as well. The, yeah, the absolutely. Penny Dreadful, um, where that character who has died and come back, can't speak to his former wife, uh, that kind of stuff. I was getting some vibes of that. It'd be interesting to see how Grundy's going to play it. Like, it was instantly noticeable that he had Butch Gilzean's voice. Um, what we see early on in the episode is Ed trying to treat him like Grundy again, going, I'll point him at the person I want to be beaten up or killed, and he'll do it. Right, Grundy? And he gets no response, just a nod of the head. If he'd spoken at that point, Ed would have known this is not Grundy anymore. This is Butch Gilzean. So um, so it's quite interesting. Let's see how that one plays out as well. I'm wondering uh, how soon is Grundy going to realize what Ed did to him? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really um, I'm glad that the Butch voice is back here. I'm glad that Grundy has got brains in, in, in effect here, that yeah. he's more articulate because I just think that's a really nice way of doing it. And I think, um, you know, whatever about highlighting the fact that, yes, Grundy maybe isn't the most intelligent or is quite simple and keeping that simple speech. It's nice that he's slightly more articulate because yeah. I think that adds more to this character now, even if it was Grundy who was more articulate. Um, I, I just think that's really good move and um, hopefully it will stick hopefully there's not a reversal back to you know me grundy you tabby um kind of thing uh but so i'm really pleased uh, about this development in the grundy character and it's just a shame that maybe uh they're not coming together uh tabitha uh, and butch again yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether Butch is going to stick around for too much longer, unfortunately. Uh, we do have to have our actual Grundy appear and 
Grundy doesn't talk like Butch Gilzine. So uh, he does make mention as he's talking to Tabby that he still has a bit of a foggy brain, but he does remember some things. So potentially this is a temporary situation, but it is nice to see Butch resolve some of those situations. I wonder, will he be going after Babs next uh, to resolve that situation of a bullet to the head that led him here? Um, we'll see. We'll see in the future. Uh, let's get on to case note four. Another new old character. Uh, but even newer, I suppose. We have Peyton List coming in as the new improved Ivy Pepper. Uh, and she has some dealings with the Sirens Bar uh, to go. First off, can I just quickly say that advert on TV for the Sirens Bar is one of the funniest things <laughs> yeah, that absolutely. Gotham has put on screen. I saw the actual video of it earlier on in the week. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't part of the episode, uh, completely separately to it. And I have to say, Cameron Beacondova's performance in that advert, where she's basically saying, you'll really enjoy yourself down here, just works really well. <laughs> it, it's so good, isn't it? It's just really like, I do not want to be in front of this camera mm-hmm. to do this advert for the Sirens Bar. You know, you've got Barbara really up for it. Tabitha is kind of just doing her moves. And then again, later on, she says, never put me in front of a camera yeah. again. I am not doing that. Uh-huh. So really, really good. Women drink free, men don't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, really good. But yes, we see Ivy Pepper. And actually, the one thing she remembers when she sees that advert is that she doesn't like any of those, including mm. Selena, yeah. which is kind of interesting because... They saw her as a stooge of penguin and wouldn't let her join the sirens. Mm-hmm. But we see her rise out of her um, sort of embryonic state after taking on all those magic potions and pills from the the Chinese medicine man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, three burglars. One of them gets caught in her grip. And is infected with everything that is coursing through her her veins. And really, really cool when they find the body and they cut him open that there's all these plants. There's the ivy uh, coming out of his carcass. Yes. Uh, I thought that was a really great effect. Really, really like that. And again, when finally um, Ivy and meets up with Selena, that uh, we see her turning green uh, as ivy has kind of cut her infecting her with this poison that that runs through her veins but she thankfully has found uh, an antidote so returns selena back to her normal self with the promise that the two of them make gotham their bitch yes really cool yes very interesting isn't it this is a much more traditional version of poison ivy than we've seen in the last two actresses that portrayed the character uh, we're seeing her with special superpowers effectively super villain powers uh, to some i suppose um but yeah that moment of of cutting open the body and seeing the ivy come out that's uh, that's almost hannibal like uh, in its in its uh, gruesomeness as the uh, as the ivy pours out of this of this poor dead guy but it is really interesting to see this new version of the character what's she going to do in the city of the city of gotham i do like how, how playful she is and i like how quickly people realize who she is uh bruce kind of going redheads are crazy as she walks past and that's the moment that selena realizes redheads she seems to know me that's ivy um, yeah i like i like how quickly they they get that all together and how quickly it is um but again we have this other part here the pheromones coming out of ivy while she's in the bar in the sirens bar attract two men to walk over to her and start punching each other over her like that's a that's a proper traditional ivy pepper yeah, or poison it, ivy so. uh, yeah absolutely and of course that whole scene is where selena tracks ivy back to um the 
the the apartment that she has broken into mm-hmm. and acquired from someone seemingly going away on holiday. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yes, I wouldn't like to return to crazy plant lady uh, when I came back from holiday. No, no. But we also get another scene uh, that we see in this in this segment of the episode, I suppose, as Ivy walks down the street and sees plants on the ground, uh, looking like they're being choked by the smog of the city of Gotham. And we see that moment, just like the former Ivies, where she is so protective of these plants, saying everything's killing them around. So there may be a little bit more of a craziness to this ivy pepper, this poison ivy, uh, than we've seen in the past. Uh, She seems to be much more angry and much more aggressive than we've seen from the other versions of the character. Um, But interested to see this added in as a little bit of a scene. Yeah, well, I mean, she says to Selena as well, you know, no one is going to underestimate me ever again. Mm. You know, she always felt like the underdog, you know, she mm-hmm. was never taken seriously. Um, she was always kind of ignored. Uh, and yes, no one will ignore her again with these kind of powers. And of course, as you said, she does want to team up with Selena. She recognizes that Selena looked after her all the way through from young Ivy up till now Mm -hmm. you know that selena has always watched out for her so she is wanting to bring this classic team up um from the comics of of selena kyle and poison ivy it's not always been a a smooth ride for for this pairing and and, and this relationship in gotham but it is a great one and i can't wait to see what they do and technically ivy's younger than selena isn't she she kind of was under her wing she was the younger uh, orphan or street urchin uh, when we met her first in season one so it is very interesting seeing this kind of pairing where you've now got a much older looking Ivy with these powers and her working with Selena. I'd still wonder what she meant when she saw them on the television and went um, I hate all three of them and then teams up with Selena. I think that might come back uh, later on in the season. Uh, I'm not too sure whether this team up is going to be mutually beneficial for both of these characters uh, I'm wondering whether it's more I want to use you to get what I want for poison ivy yeah and of course just on on a quick side here we see obviously bruce is still passing away but selena finds out that bruce has fired alfred that's right uh, as well so yeah yeah and she's very very dismissive of it knowing this is not the real bruce knowing that this is the bruce wayne that is completely running away with himself he's lost all the things that she knows he should be doing. Um, and she calls him out so quickly on it. It's really interesting. Um, it does feel like he's been partying now for about two or three months. Uh, it feels like a very different Bruce Wayne. Uh, a really cool one, just knowing that he's got all these girls around him. He's doing that side of party Bruce and has been doing it for a couple of months. It, that kind of helps to build that character towards the Bruce Wayne that we know uh, later on that's coming anyway. So at least he's had this kind of life as well. He set himself up as the socialite now, uh, willing to buy drinks for anybody uh, uh, who comes into his club. I do love that moment where he's saying to Selena, do you want some champagne? They don't even card here. And even if they do, hey, it's Gotham. <laughs> uh, and exactly. Selena goes, what do you mean they don't card here? This is my place. I can throw you out, you know, kind of thing. Uh, just like that little moment as, as, as they spar against each other. Um, Absolutely. And of course, from the interview that we did with David Mazus as well, we do know that Gotham TV podcast uh, would be welcome into his club uh, <laughs> to have lashings and lashings of of booze of alcohol yes yeah, absolutely <laughs> hooray it's perfect for the two of us mm-hmm. yes yes hopefully we can find a slub um, let's go on to our final note uh, for the episode we did mention Harvey Bullock and his return which I thought was awesome I love that he comes in with a baseball bat behind the three guys who are uh, trying to take down 
um, Alfred Pennyworth. But he basically says the reason why he's delayed is because he was in the John, right? That's such a, what a, what a, <laughs> yeah. what a Harvey Bullock return. Uh, he's back working behind a bar. I couldn't tell because the last time we saw him in the bar, it was uh, day drinking Jim who uncovered him working in that bar. Um, I couldn't tell whether it was the same bar or not. It I looked think like the same set, yeah. just the lighting looked uh, like a, the red and green lighting that seems to typify nighttime in Gotham. Um, it did feel like the same bar, so I'm wondering if he's gone back uh, to his former girlfriend uh, who was running the bar maybe maybe but he's certainly enjoying it because it involves two of his favorite things drinking and ignoring people <laughs> uh real good uh harvey bullock line there yeah um but yeah it's great to see him connect back with alfred the in in saving him from a, a good old beating and a and a slash throat um but jim also um has come to the bar uh following the arrest uh, uh, of of gil rooney um in the bar and of course jim was trying to find harvey uh earlier in the episode where mm-hmm. he went to the salubrious uh establishment uh where harvey had found um some Nighttime entertainment, I suppose. Yeah, a bit of a special request from uh, Harvey. Uh, Tallulah and a pig, apparently, uh, which indicated immediately to Jim that he was on the right trail of Harvey Bullock. <laughs> Absolutely. But Jim has come to the bar uh, and is there to try uh, and coax Harvey Bullock back to the GCPD with his detective badge. But mm-hmm. he is absolutely rebuked uh, by Harvey and it's really interesting that they're maintaining this friction and tension between these two characters I really like it actually because yeah yeah, it it could quite easily have just gone immediately back to yes I'll come back and and things sort of are are, are papered over or, or smoothed over rather rapidly but here we have a continuation of this friction between the two and I think that's really great for just the drama between these two characters. Yeah, it feels like it's time now for them to have this kind of longer lasting effect on their relationship. It feels like it makes sense that Harvey would be saying, I'm not coming back. But I do love that he points out because of how well he knows Jim, that's the reason why he's not going back. He's saying to him, everything looks great on the outside. You've got all of the GCPD on your side. They're all working for you. You didn't even need me last time to catch catch the last criminal uh, that you went after. But I'm not coming back because I can see in your face there is something that you want to tell me. There's something you want to share to get it off your chest. I'm not going to do that. Uh, Effectively saying that the last time I was around, you were banging a falcone while she used you to take down the penguin. That's not going to be me anymore. I'm not going to stand idly by while you do these things to yourself, Jim, which I just think is a really good moment for Harvey. Um, We talked about it last season at the end of at the end of the first half of the season. Sorry, uh, that. This breakup between Harvey and Jim was right. Um, Jim was in was in the right for the first time for quite a long time in the way he won the GCPD back to himself. But there was still that niggling thing in the background, which was Sophia Falcone sort of puppeteering him. And Harvey could see that. Absolutely, yeah. And I really like um, how he puts that to Jim is that, you know, I'm no longer going to be your priest, yes. Jim. Yeah. Uh, you know, otherwise it will just be confession time, mm-hmm. uh, m- morning, noon and night, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that's really, really interesting. Yeah, you know, 
Um, it links back to sort of the Dark Knight, uh, Jim Gordon as well, that idea of plunging your hands into the filth. It was a necessity. Is this the, the, the change in, in Jim Gordon that he has to plunge his hands into the filth of Gotham so that he can, uh, you know, get things done mm. uh, and outwardly it looks fine. Yeah. But he has to use, um, nefarious means in a sense yeah and as we also talked about on our recap show for the first half of the season with the lectures of gotham um their relationship is not set in stone it's not set they're going to come back together and be best friends again uh, that's not something that we've really seen much in the comic books we know they know each other we know that uh, harvey works for for commissioner jim gordon in the future and uh, but they're not best friends in the comic book so it's not necessarily that we're going to see the two of them back right in each other's pocket drinking together all the time so um so I like this. I like that they have this path for Harvey that is taking a different turn. And as we hoped before, hopefully we'll see Harvey and Alfred interacting more because I think every time the two of them are on screen together, Donald Logue and Sean Pertwee just work so well together. Oh, absolutely. So hopefully we'll see a bit more of them. That's our top five case notes, John. Yes, it is. Any notes, Derek? I just have one which I thought was quite interesting because it wasn't really called out as to what, what it was for. Uh, it's where Ivy is sitting in uh, in the luxurious dress in the gorgeous apartment eating ice cream on the couch watching TV. And what we see on TV is that there's, an, uh, there's a, a new story going on about a Wayne Enterprises gas leak on TV. Very interesting that we see this because that's not in the episode itself. There's so much going on in the city of Gotham that we didn't even see this gas explosion or this gas leak that's going on. We were watch- we were focused over in the narrows. Uh, so this new story absolutely has to mean something, right? Um, what do you think it means, John? Well, it, it's really interesting because before she uh, breaks and enters into that apartment as well, she's walking along the street and she's seeing all the gas fumes and exhaust fumes coming from the 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 houses and the cars along that street and there are a bunch of plants out uh the front and they are all withered they are all dying and and she says they're killing you and then we see all this um gas leak and explosions and fires from a Wayne Enterprises uh, facility and you know there's talk of however many hectares of of land that have been burnt and you just wonder you know is this where she will go after Wayne Enterprises to some extent because she's blaming them for the murder of these plants so um certainly we could see her bump into Bruce Wayne and maybe that's Part of the reason for that setup as well in Bruce's nightclub as well. That's her first step to um, getting close to Bruce Wayne. Interesting. Yeah, really, really interesting. It'll be kind of cool to see somebody uh, up against Bruce Wayne as well. So somebody that's seeing Bruce Wayne as a villain. Uh, that'll be quite interesting. And she is going to become a villain possibly for Wayne Enterprises. So hopefully we'll see a bit more Wayne Enterprises this season as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. That was my only note. I just wanted to have a quick chat about that because I think it's something that's being set up for the other half of the season. Let's see how that one goes. Uh, John, got the moment of the week. It has to be Ivy emerging and killing the guy with her new powers. Mm. Uh, it was such a really good intro for the character. And again, to see him cut open on the autopsy table to, and having um, a lovely uh, flower arrangement coming out <laughs> of his torso was really, really good. So that that was my Gotham moment of the week. There really could have been so many, but we mentioned a lot of them there. Grundy coming back, the introduction of Harvey Bullock. Uh, that Ivy moment is definitely one of my favourite moments of the week. To, uh, absolutely. 
I kind of think Alfred facing off against the villains in the Narrows, the bullies in the Narrows, and then becoming the hero uh, of the area. I think those scenes all over were great. They were really, really good. But yeah, I probably stand with you. Best moment of the week is probably Ivy killing the guy with the new powers. Yeah, and of course, uh, for the character of the week, I certainly think it is the toy maker and his assassinating toys. Um, Really you know fun character here he's probably just a once off in terms of at least papa toy maker mm-hmm. but evil son distraught upset at the death of uh, his dad i suspect may take up the mantle here uh, he looked uh weird enough that he would do that yes Yes, and just to point out, if this is your first time listening to Gotham TV Podcast, our character of the week is usually a moment where we highlight someone that may not have gotten central stage, because there's no doubt, really, in this episode, the character of the week is Alfred. Uh, Alfred Pennyworth has never had this much of an episode, or has only ever had this much of an episode once or twice, but he's usually been protecting Bruce. This is all about Alfred in this episode. This whole episode really does center on him, and as I was watching it, I was going, this could be a spin-off for Alfred. We can see him living in a different country, completely divorced from Gotham, doing this type of stuff where he's helping people around him. Uh, You can kind of see that, and it's great to see that for his character. So just in case you're wondering why we didn't choose one of the major characters, it's because we talk about those characters all the time. So I I agree with you, John, the Toymaker is quite a cool character to bring in, uh, quite an interesting character to bring in, because it's so Gotham. Yes, so Gotham. (laughs) Finally, John, how do you rate this episode? I give this a solid four machine gunning nutcrackers out of five. I thought this really was a good return for the second half of this season. Mm -hmm. And as you say, I like the fact that, you know, it brought us back to kind of, you know, those smaller characters um, like, like Alfred and bringing Harvey back as well. That, you know, they aren't the Jim Gordons, they aren't the Bruce Waynes, they aren't the Penguins, and really did a nice storyline, bringing um, Alfred and and Harvey back together, and and really having that sort of tense moment between Harvey and Jim at the end. It was great, finally, to see the rebirth of Ivy Pepper Mm -hmm. as well. You know, she kind of had sniffed those potions um, in the first half of this season, and then kind of had not shown up again. So you were kind of, what is happening? So I'm glad they brought her in early here and really established her her motives and brought her then back to selena kyle and i love the idea of these two uh, teaming up and i'm so glad that grundy is back to being butch but within grundy's uh frame um <laughs> i really want to see how this phantom of the opera story kind of pans out really the disfigured love interest for for tabitha i think it'd be really really good and um, so yeah this was a fantastic opening episode for me uh, and again yes the toy maker and his creepily uh, weird son uh, and how this uh villain will be integrated into gotham maybe moving forward and um, certainly that we are kind of sure that villains are certainly going to come together here to cause chaos once again in gotham so yeah four machine gunning nutcrackers out of five. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed this episode as well, I must say, having this kind of intro to the city. It's one of those things when you watch other shows, uh, like we've been watching many other shows, like we do with uh, on Defenders TV podcast, we're watching Punisher. Um, this really feels like a city when you've got like these 
10, 20 characters that are available for, the, for you to use, you intertwine them all into stories and have them uh, working around each other, not necessarily meeting each other, and then other characters that haven't met each other in ages meeting up and having a storyline together. This is what makes Gotham Gotham. It makes it that show where you're able to tune in and see 10 different storylines playing out over the course of an episode. Definitely. It's always fun. And of course, how the toy maker was linked in with you know, Leslie Tompkins and the, the split personality of Ed Nigma, mm-hmm. the Riddler, uh, and just how that played out. It was also nice to see Jim and Leslie finally uh, lock eyes and That's meet face to face as yeah. well. You kind of forget they haven't seen each other since he killed her fiance. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, he thinks he he never thought that she'd come back to the city. He thought that she was gone. So um, yeah, it's quite cool to see them see them there. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Gotham TV Podcast. It is great to be back with Gotham. We'll be back every week um, as the rest of the episodes come out for the season. Definitely. Um, as always, please send on your thoughts, comments, or discussion points about any episode of Gotham uh, as we move towards this the completion of this second half of season four you can contact us through our website at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com you can also go and leave a voicemail 90 seconds that can be played through the airwaves of gotham tv podcast just head on over to gothamtvpodcast.com and click the tab on the right hand side of the web page and leave your voicemail there and of course join our facebook group over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash gotham tv podcast and for those twitter fans out there we tweet live each episode of Gotham uh, over on our Twitter handle at Gotham TV Podcast. Absolutely. We always try and tweet live. May not yes. get there every week. That's true. That's yes. true. Yes. But um, we don't have any feedback for this episode because we're recording a little bit early. But normally we record on Saturdays. So pop in your thoughts about any of the episodes as we go through for the rest of the season. And you'll be in the chance to win a great prize, which did get pushed out till June. Uh, unfortunately, uh, our prize it was going to be the Artifacts um, Penguin statue, which was supposed to be released in January. And and we'd be able to announce to you that we had one on order, but unfortunately it has been pushed out till uh, till June, probably because there's been so much request for it. It's a gorgeous statue. Yes. Um, but we will we will come back on that as soon as we know for definite when that's going to be released. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, remember to listen and subscribe to our podcast over at gothamtvpodcast.com. Go to the subscribe section and choose the podcast catcher of your choice. Um, yes, we will be back next week with Gotham, a Dark Knight season four for episode 13, A Beautiful Darkness, mm. which sounds very intriguing. Yes. Yes, we know we're going to have Jerome in that episode yes. with the penguin so it's going to be very interesting it's going to be very dark I think yeah and if you want any more podcasting from us we will be starting out our coverage of Jessica Jones season 2 the 6th Marvel Netflix TV series uh, over on DefendersTVPodcast.com we'll be starting that out on the 8th of March as the episodes start getting released so we do episode by episode coverage of those Marvel Netflix shows uh, so come over and join us on there if you haven't, yeah, haven't listened to yeah absolutely uh, as always thank you so much for listening to us it's so Gotham <laughs> on Gotham TV podcast. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll speak with you again next time. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby. <laughs>